Hey, Jim, how's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I'm glad to hear it. Have you had your nicotine and your energy drink this morning? I got my nicotine on board right there. I got my caffeine right here, son. Do you do you start first thing in the morning, like right away, like within 20 minutes every morning? I do, yes. Well, my <laughs> I have my ideal wake-up routine and then my re real wake-up routine, <laughs> right? My ideal wake-up routine, I, I get out of bed uh, using proper body mechanics, put both feet on the floor, put my spine into a neutral position and stand up, pressing the floor away, and then I go straight to the wa water fountain, guzzle a, uh, a thing of water, and imagine my cells, uh, membranes popping out full of water and into the world and engaging it, and I think uh, all sorts of thoughts of gratitude, and then I get down to productivity. But what I really do is just kind of hit the snooze button about five times, roll out of bed and head straight to uh, stimulants. <laughs> so yeah, I'm working on enough. it, working on it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The reason I ask, it's on topic for this morning as well, because we're going to talk about healthcare. So I, it's ah. important to know, uh, you know, how people's health routines are. Yeah. But I want to, I've been wanting to talk about healthcare for a while, I think, because especially in Canada, it would be one of the most contentious issues. And I remember, you know, two years ago, I have a friend who's uh, now in residency for being a doctor, and he hated the idea of, of universal health care, much preferred the state's model. And I remember just being absolutely, like, livid at him, right? Mortified. Um, oh, my God. And yeah. I mean, that's just interesting because I, I definitely used to get more upset when people would challenge my beliefs when they were left wing because I didn't have a proper grounding, right? Like, and so I see that reflected now, but that's a tangent. Anyways, um, with healthcare, like definitely my opinions have changed and I, I do believe that universal healthcare is not a good thing, um, but it's so difficult to express that to people, right? So I was talking to a friend yesterday whose parents were sick. You know, my grandparents are both in, in the hospital and stuff or in and out. And so like, how heartless can I be, right, is the, right. Is the assumption. Um, so I want to talk about a couple, you know, the top two things that come to mind for me and then, and then let you have the floor. So sure. first is that, you know, I grew up in a hypochondriac household. I think, uh, I don't know if it was necessarily bred by free healthcare, but it definitely leverages free healthcare, right? So it's anytime you have a sniffle, anytime there's any potential problem, you may as well go get it checked out. You may as well use the system and, and put extra weight in the system because why not? It's free, right? Sure. And that's the way, you know, a lot of people seem to be, in my opinion. And it's even like, for me, it was even on the higher end of, of you know, healthcare costs sometimes. I, I thought I had some neurological issue. The neurologist didn't necessarily think so. But one, I still took his time up. And two, he still sent me for an MRI because why not? It's not his money. It's not my money. Why right. not go get an MRI sure. to be sure, right? And so I think that is, you know, that just adds weight throughout the whole system and, and, and inflates costs, adds wait time and, and all of that stuff. And the other thing that I want to explore maybe a bit later is I'm very interested in talking about combining health care with life insurance. Um, and I think that model, that mm -hmm. private, a model, a private model framed in that lens would 
actually be much better than anything I've seen. And, and, and I think it's a good starting point to talk about how just because there's no models that are current that currently seem to be work, working that well doesn't mean it cannot work ever. Um, but so what are your initial thoughts when it comes to uh, healthcare? Obviously, this isn't a federal issue, but it's still an important libertarian uh, principle, right? Why right. we shouldn't force people to pay for other people's health care. Well, it is a federal issue, though, because, you know, we have the Health Canada Act. Um, mm. Health Canada employs something like 10,000 employees, none of which are nurses or actually hands-on health care practitioner. They're just oh, I didn't even know that. Um, you know, so, so, and the other thing is that it's, it, that we have these things called health care transfer payments, right? So provinces get federal transfer payments from the federal government and they come with strings attached. And some of those strings are, um, thou shalt not have any two tiered health care or private health care in your province or something to that. So there's an extent to which you can have some private clinics sort of thing but man you got to really limit that stuff if you want that that transfer payment so mm. here we have people getting taxed to the hilt for health care um and then we're going to say no no we're going to say no to getting some of that money back we we're just you know we're going to go with the private option well no that the incentive structure is strong so so the federal government certainly encourages and um almost mandates universal health care so mm. so it, it is a federal issue to that extent um but yeah it is it, it's i, I want to say it, it's um it, it is a single biggest uh ex government expenditure in canada uh, i think something like half of your tax bill or more goes to health care um you know when i i ran in a by-election in fort mcmurray which is a fairly uh, well-off community we figured out that a typical household pays about 35 thousand dollars a year into the healthcare system and in exchange we had you know three month waits just to see a family physician long waits at at the emergency room uh you know we had six month plus waits to get mris done I, both my wife and my daughter my my wife was in a car accident had something wrong with her elbow and and she needed an mri but couldn't get one done for six months um my my daughter had broken her leg and needed an MRI when healing properly she was having some issues and again a six-month wait so you know you're getting access to a waiting line really not necessarily yeah. healthcare, right so it's I mean it, it's socialism okay it, it's socialism and but what um, like just saying it's socialism to the average person socialism's right. commonly a good thing right to many people okay but Surely most people would, would agree that, that having government own and operate the means of producing food uh, and prohibiting the free market from producing food is a bad idea, right? Like mm -hmm. if anyone's a study of history, anytime the most important factor in health, which is your nutrition, is left, is solely in the hands of the state, um, you get mass starvation and death and food shortages and, and bread lines. And so if, if you accept that that factor of health is, is wrong, then, then you should accept that. Why would economic rules be different 
for another factor of health, which is healthcare or something like that, right? Or what we consider healthcare. I guess uh, the, in, in, I'm assuming in the average person's mind, they take it for granted that no matter how greedy the capitalists are, people in Canada aren't commonly starving to death, right? So it's right. just like, it's, it's, there's like a disconnect in their mind, I think. No, right, well, here's the disconnect is because no, nobody uh, would, no average Canadian voter uh, would think that, that we should get rid of free market uh, groceries, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, and, but <clears throat> they just couldn't, you know, they wouldn't, they would understand that, yeah, socializing <laughs> universal food is bad, right? Because it's going to lead to, to what we saw in the Soviet Union and in China and all these other places that have tried it. Um, but they can't see that about universal health care. But th this isn't a new problem. You know, there's this old joke uh, uh, that comes out of Soviet uh, Russia. There's two ladies standing in line for hours to get their stale loaf of, of bread from the government. And one lady starts complaining to the other lady, man, this lineup's long and all we're going to get is a stale loaf of bread. This is ridiculous. And the other lady says, hey, don't complain. Do you know that in capitalist countries, the government doesn't even provide bread? And, you know, so, but, but that, that was real, right? Like in the Soviet Union, they couldn't figure out, they couldn't imagine how food would be provided on a market. Like, well, how is that going to just magically happen? What bread's just going to sit there waiting for me on, on a gross, like, how am I going to be able to afford that? And how am I going to be able to get that? If the government yeah. is providing, how am I going to choose? How am I going to get clothes? Like, you know, never mind that the government produced uh, this, you know, like the majority of the shoes were size nines or something like that. So they fit the average man, right? The shoes fit the average man. But of course, the problem is that no person is average. Like no person very is average. Few people are average, right? So people fall outside that size nine thing. So people all had ill-fitting shoes. So um, why is it so just generally accepted in most Western countries that healthcare can be fully socialized or almost fully socialized and... Basically, nothing else is to that degree where it's the government is the only one who can do it. Well, it's because when you're immersed and the reason I brought up the Soviet Union example is because mm -hmm. those people were immersed in a paradigm. Uh, they were propagandized and and they just this was that was just life for them. Right. And so they just accept at face value the culture they were born into. I mean, this is why I accepted on face value the kind of fundamentalist Christianity that I was born into. I, I never gave it a second thought. It wasn't until, you know, my late 20s where I, I really started questioning that stuff and realized that my whole belief system had been put in there by other people. It wasn't something that I arrived at from thinking about the world and rationalizing and, and thinking from first principles or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's why because people don't think from first principles they don't think outside of their cultural norms and in in canada universal health care is a cultural norm it's just something we take it's something it's a point of of pride for canadians because all we get constantly all day long from media from school from 12 years of public school all the way you know we never hear anything bad about health care we think it's fantastic right and yeah um and we hear Bernie Sanders praise it in the Democratic debates. And we're like, yeah, we've got a pretty good system. So, you know, that's why it's just we, we I, are yeah, we're I think, in a paradigm. 
Yeah, there's two two paths I want to go down. Um, one is still around like, okay, what happens when we don't have it to people who can't afford healthcare? Um, and two is, you know, I think a big factor why we think it's so good is because of our comparison with the US and also like we don't really compare ourselves actively with any other healthcare system and it's very casual to compare ourselves with the US and then the US system uh, I mean now it's kind of a hodgepodge and, and it's even messier than it was but pre Obamacare it was the idea that you know people are dying right and and for for no reason other than greed and so, you know, I saw the movie Sicko, right, by Michael Moore and, and you sure. know, take everything he does with a heap full of salt. But yeah, it impacted me more than any of his other films because I was of the mindset at the time. This shouldn't happen to anyone. It's not that, OK, he picks and chooses the worst things, obviously. But I like, you know, one of the stories was some kid was holed up in an emergency room and died because he couldn't pay his bill or something like that. And like, I don't think that should happen in a Western society. But then it's like, well, so the government has to do it. And I no longer believe that. And I think, you know, I believe that people who want to help people should fight a capitalist fight. And I would want to open a hospital that could do, a, uh, you know, pay for people who um, couldn't afford it or whatever. Um, yeah. Personally, but I wouldn't force that requirement on other people as well. Um so, like, you know, the U what do you think of the U.S. and how is that a model for an actual free market or, or not? Um, because that system still seems really bad. And, mm -hmm. you know, my grandparents maybe couldn't afford all of their treatments in, in the U.S. And, and so how, how does a proper system look and, you know, in contrast with the U.S.? Right. So... Yeah, so so I'm, if Canada is a socialist healthcare system, the U.S. is a fascist healthcare system, right? And and so, um, you know, we're, I'm I'm certainly not advocating for a fascist healthcare system. I, I would like a free market healthcare system where healthcare professionals or where consenting adults are essentially free to administer healthcare uh, the way they would like to administer it, right? And mm -hmm. that certainly isn't the case in the U.S. There there are <laughs> like mounds and mounds of regulation around yeah. how healthcare can be provided, who can provide it, and what manner it can be provided, how it can be funded, how insurance works, all these things, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, there there is a a libertarian surgeon in Oklahoma who started the I think it's called the Oklahoma Surgery Center, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, and he's dropped his costs, like his 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 fees are about ten times less. Than his competitors, uh, sometimes even more than that. And the reason is because he's kept uh, HMOs and insurance companies right out of it, right? Because that comes with all sorts of bureaucratic costs to, to manage. So, so he's cut it down like 10 times cheaper in some cases than his competitors because he's eliminated this regulatory cost. Uh, and so I guess that's something that... That's something I didn't think of, and I think it's a common mistake, is people assume, and I, ha I still make this mistake, that the U.S. is a free market system, right? And right. It's, it's really not. It's kind of the worst of both worlds a lot of the time, yes. um, because it's a ton of regulation around how the, quote, free market can operate. And so then it's 
you know, it's it's granting you know monopolies or or duopolies to certain large organizations that can make up that can do all of these hurdles. But an actual free market system, a lot of you wouldn't have to be a registered nurse or a doctor to provide a lot of basic coverage. It would allow a lot of telehealth, especially now you can Skype a doctor um, and all of these other things. You know, if you had an extra twenty thousand dollars a year in your household, and and you could for your physical just go see someone who was trained at a college level to say, oh, you actually do need to see a professional doctor or not. And like yep. there, you could create so many more layers of triage, a lot of telehealth and all these other things um, like and that doesn't exist anywhere. Like there's no actual sample of a free market healthcare. which I uh, sorry to cut you off, but I wanted yeah, to no. just highlight that definitely, especially with healthcare, but with a lot of things still, my brain assumes the U.S. is a free market. But it, even though it's it's right. kind of not, right? It's, not, so, it's definitely not. Yeah, and and so my point about bringing up this libertarian surgeon who started the Oklahoma Surgery Center is, you know, he he cut out, uh, he he cut out the regulatory cost by or a lot of them by uh, saying I'm not dealing with insurance companies right now. People shouldn't be prohibited from using insurance or like insurance companies shouldn't be prohibited from um, competing. You know, like there's got to be cheaper ways to provide insurance that are less bureaucratic, but they have, there's so many reporting requirements and and it, it's an oligopoly, like you said, that that it just that they can get away with it. Right. So um, but but the reason I, I brought up this surgery center is is to highlight just one reason why costs are so high in the U.S. But there, mm -hmm. there's plenty of other reasons that increase uh, costs. Right. So, for example, uh, the cost of becoming a healthcare practitioner and the fact that, um, uh, you know, the College of Physicians and Surgeons limits how many physicians can be can graduate each year. Right. So it says there can only be this many spots and they'll only approve so many uh, universities to, to provide medical training. And so you've got a, uh, an imposed scarcity of physicians. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> in addition so, to the uh, absurd cost of university, just generally, right? You're right. talking a doctor has to go through what seven to ten years of of yes. schooling, basically. Um, and one thing uh, in that vein, like a few of my peers who would thoroughly disagree with this, they agree with the idea that you know providing free student loans or unlimited student loans has raised the cost of tuition. And, and it's made it absurd because everyone has unlimited access to right. money, but they don't yeah. see that as the same problem in healthcare. But anyways, it definitely uh, still factors into healthcare because yeah, doctors spend half a million dollars or more getting their education, um, probably more in the US actually. Uh, um, and then they yeah. you know have to pay it back. They need to earn a ton of money as well. Um, and a, an important factor is just, uh, you know, go government advocates will always decry this as BS. But the more government, the more regulation, the more bu bureaucrats you're paying to do nothing of value, yeah. right? Th other than enforce their standards. Yep. And and just to to give you an idea of why uh, insurance rates and healthcare might be so expensive in the states, just imagine that every time you went in to take your vehicle for an oil change, you needed to make an insurance claim and go through your insurance company. What do you think would happen to the price of oil changes, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they blow up. Uh, you know, it's it's just common sense. So you know, the insurance ought to be uh, ought to be for catastrophic yeah. things, right? And healthcare ought to be so abundant and cheap that anyone can afford it. And and you know, in fact, when Canada was relatively well, when Canada had a private system before Tommy Douglas, the eugenicist, came along and said, we, we got uh, to look after all the people because, you know, we're the elite. And by the way, we have to make sure the subnormals don't procreate to forcibly sterilize them. Yeah. Um, you know, this kind of mindset of, of you got to let the smartest people in the room run everything for a proper so before that you know it wasn't uncommon for i mean doctors would do pro bono work right or they would say you know bring me some of those bring me a dozen of those eggs i know you have some chicken they're awesome egg next time to come in or something like that that you know you can yeah. i mean i'm a healthcare pro- provider myself i'm a paramedic and i got into this profession to help people not mm-hmm. to withdraw care you know i i was at one uh one of my first debates in politics it, it, it was an all candidates forum. Uh, a question came up about healthcare, and I went into this kind of what I thought was a, a reasonable, nuanced approach. Right, I'm not getting rid of the public system, but we need to legalize healthcare. We need to allow people to buy and sell it uh, on the market. That will lower the cost. It will decrease the burden on the the public system, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And and <laughs> the mayor of this small town gets up to the mic and says. This is to the libertarian candidate. I just want to say, you can take my universal health care and pry it from my cold, dead hands. And uh, <laughs> the crowd erupts in applause, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I said to him, I, I'm like, well, shit, what do I say to that? Like, this is just theater at this point, right? I'm yeah. like, you know, the fact that, <laughs> that <laughs> it, it was just a nonsensical statement on the face of it. But I said, yeah. you know, listen, listen, sir, I'm a paramedic. I give health care to people. I don't take it away from people. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, and then the crowd's like, Oh, well, that actually makes sense too. Uh, I mean, we both said empty platitudes that didn't make any sense, but, yeah. but I, you know, at least mine made but yours sense, was right? better. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, withdraw health care from people. I provide it. It's a positive thing I do. Right. And yeah. I, yeah, I can't do it to every Canadian, but, uh, and, and that's the problem. Like healthcare is like all resources or all services are scarce. Yeah. And so that the question then becomes, well, how do you properly uh, deal with scarce resources? How do you create more abundance and all those kinds of things? And, and the answer is capitalism. If you want more scarcity, if you want fewer resources, if you want less access, you socialize it. I mean, yeah, my, my brain went to three places all at once. I'll try and catch them all. Um, one is I'd never thought of it in, again, this is something I've not really thought in depth, which is why I wanted to do this episode, because I've never thought of it. It's very much an all or nothing approach as well. Either we have, right. but, but your, your analogy about an oil change makes so much sense. Why do I need to go through health insurance? Um, and why do, does a, a standard doctor checkup need to be socialized, right? Why can't that be opened up and it's only even as a starting point, you know, to, to people who are listening to this, like, why would I have to go through insurance every time I have a sniffle, right? It doesn't make sense. If I want to go get it checked out, I can pay the $30, the same way you take your car to a mechanic, you don't make a claim. The claim is to protect 
when cost would get into the thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, let's say, right? Um, and it's it's to protect that. So as soon as that is out of the regulatory system, socialized or unsocialized healthcare would become cheaper, right? Like absolutely automatically. Another thing, uh, you know, I think the second part. Um, no, I lost both of the other two now, unfortunately. But it's it's really s such an interesting topic to me. Um, I do want to shift while I try and think of what those other two were. I want to kind of shift to you know the 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 moral compassionate government and and also what other systems, what frameworks could work in terms of a private system. So first and foremost, you know, so both of my grandparents are are ill and and they're using the system. And, you know, it, it's tough for me to say to my 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 family even that I think, you know, necessarily not they shouldn't necessarily have this, right? Um, I think this is this is going to play very much into the kind of trope of libertarians are heartless, but also right. we're literally just trying to make humans every human live as long as humanly possible. Yes. On tax dollars, like what value does it ha is there to have someone live for another two years on life support just because we can, right? Um, yeah. And have the taxpayers pay for that. A friend of mine was saying that there was a dispute at a Brampton hospital because it costs something like $2,500 a day to run an ICU bed. And there was someone on life support for like two years. And, mm. it, and so it's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't cost the, the, the family anything. There's almost or literally no value in just keeping that heart pumping for no reason, right? And I, and I think that's a difficult conversation to have, but it is something to have. We, we, we like the idea that we can extend people's lives um, but we think we should just do it with impunity, no matter what. Listeners to this podcast get a one-week free trial to the Warrior Path. So sign up now. The details are below. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the Warrior Path. And I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David. <laughs> I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing. And I had to come back to the floor, kick in doors, hump hose, fight fire, and I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I've, I've never felt better, to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it, was, it was a really slick application, actually. I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I... I put on, I think, about 50% on all my personal records in about a two-month period uh, working with the Warrior Path. If you like the idea of extending people's lives, what, what we have to do is, is get rid of this, dependence, this dependent mindset that people have, right? Uh, you know, the kind that you had where every time you got a sniffle, it was a hypochondriac thing. I go to the doctor, you know, they're, they're, like... In, in a free market system where you got to pay out of pocket for that, you're going to think twice about that, right? You might go mm -hmm. online and, and research a little bit and, and, or maybe there's an app that, that is uh, developed that has a high degree of trustworthiness based on peer review or something like that, that can add, 
accurately diagnose what you have within a certain well, probability. And they're and starting can, to use AI anyways, right? right? Like even within hospitals, AI is better at detecting stuff on an x-ray and, and knowing exactly what it is. And then Absolutely. And so they're starting to do that anyways. Why do you need a, you know, a, a professional to then interpret it? Exactly. And so, so, I mean, when you, when you cut the cord of dependency, people start thinking for themselves, they start owning their healthcare a little bit more. And that results, I believe, in longer health spans, right? You can live longer, you you can, you know, the, the problem is that because we're so focused on insurance, on an insurance model here for healthcare, where uh, it's like a car where it breaks down or gets in an accident, or needs some maintenance, and insurance covers it. Well, we're biological creatures. It's not, you know, our model of health shouldn't be that there's a baseline of health. And whenever we fall below it, we use insurance to get back up to that baseline. We ought to be thinking about how do we optimize our health? How do we get yeah. above our baseline? How do we become healthier and better versions of ourselves? Our healthcare system does absolutely nothing to address that. Right. Um, and yet we're still paying care, premiums, right? Right. right. And, and so just imagine if people Want, had to start thinking about their health in the long term and what kind of investments they need to make, what kind of discipline and, and uh, behaviors they need to engage in to minimize and, sick care costs and also optimize their health span. While pretty soon they're, they're uh, getting their nutrition on point, they're going to the gym and exercising a bit more, they're doing things that optimize their health care so that they can have a longer health span. So, so you know, it, it's people talk about us being cold and heartless and that we want to take healthcare away from people or that we, we want to have a dollar and cents talk when someone's on life support or something. But I, I flip it back on other people. I say, well, what are you going to do when the most marginalized people in our system uh, are going to be the first victims when this system crashes and when it can no longer keep up and it's already happening. I mean, there are already people dying in ERs in Canada uh, waiting to see, Doctor, there, there's a shortage of healthcare across Canada, and yeah. I mean, we're we're propagandized to think, well, at least it's free. Uh, well, no, I mean, I'm on the front lines of healthcare every day, day in, day out, and and we can't keep up. You know, we we're dealing with uh, people that have sniffles on the ambulance while you know someone else is uh, having a life-threatening emergency somewhere else, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that. That kind of plays in line with what you know our discussion on firefighting. That there's no preventative measures taken. We don't. Right. We only deal with what's breaking down because it's an insurance model, right? Yeah. Um, we don't do, do just recurring maintenance. And so, the other thing that one of the one of the thoughts I had earlier is again this idea of just opening up at least some of it, right? If if you didn't yes. have to be a an MD to write, you know, to recommend which, you know, sniffles medication to take or something like that, that would just be huge. And, you know, one thing I, I've said a lot um, is about, you know, people are so concerned about, um, you know, wh what are we going to do when robots take a bunch of our jobs? And I'm, I've been an advocate saying, well, we're going to have a much more human focused thing, right? Mental health. You want a human connection. You want a human touch. But I never actually factor that into physical health as well, right? We should have way more physiotherapists. We should have way more right. um, of these, uh, you know, acupuncturists and, and low level medical practitioners as well that can do all of these services, right? Why shouldn't I be able to get a weekly massage for $30 um, 
that will help me like feel the pain in my muscles and work it out and be healthier, right? Um, all of that, including the existing medical system, should be uh, freed up. But so now, you know, talking about the preventative model, I want to get into what I really think is an interesting idea is around a health, a life insurance healthcare model, right? So a lot of people, especially if they can afford it, get life insurance. And even if they die at, you know, 80 or 90, they still get a big payout, right? Um, which one, I think that's kind of silly, but it's most people want to live and and so they they get that payout but having that built in in terms of a healthcare system makes way more sense and actually provides the proper incentives to keep you healthy right so i'm paying premiums and and they basically guarantee my life to a certain age right if i die at 90 my family doesn't get a payout but if i die at 80 my family does so they're incentivized right. to cover my costs in a hospital and to make me healthier. And also then my, my premiums go down if they know I'm taking care of my health. If they know I'm seeing a, a, a physiotherapist, if they know I'm seeing, if I get my, my, my physical every year so that they know, they know I'm at least monitoring my health and they'd be incentivized to provide that physical as cheaply as possible as well, right? right. Um, and so it's just a complete different framework where they're basically my teammate in try for me to live as long as possible because they have to pay out less at the end if they do that and they'd have in huge incentives to make a cheap, robust system that I'd have access to. Um, and I think that's just, there's so much that could be built out around that. And then you also get into, you know, with, with car insurance now, people have apps where it tracks your driving, your speed, and you can prove that you should get cheaper rates as well. There's ways to game it and stuff, but it's an interesting model too. Um, incentivizes me to track my food intake. And if I'm eating healthy, if I'm my own advocate and I, I'm taking care of myself, then I'll get cheaper rates too. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the answer, but it's definitely an answer well, that shows that's well, different I, I, than I, I, what I mean, we just, see. Let, let's just look at, at how the system works now, right? And how the incentive structure is skewed right now, right? So uh, when I'm working on the ambulance, my job is not really to treat the patient and make sure they have a great experience and that, that I improve their health care so much as it is to produce a piece of paper for the state. Uh, that that paperwork is what I'm judged on. It's what I'm graded on. It's it's how I'm evaluated. It's how I get my paycheck. And the patient's experience doesn't matter to the state, mm. right? Like ultimately, unless something horrible goes wrong or there's some evidence of negligence and someone complains yeah. or something like that, like how, how whether their health span is prolonged, whether they they had a great experience and and they liked my bedside, none of that really matters. What matters is that I dot my I's and cross my T's on this form. And, and so uh, patients and healthcare practitioners in this environment are see themselves, uh, they, they become essentially cogs in a system that they have no control. And so you, you end up with, um, you know, compassion fatigue because I'm going chasing around sniffles and stuck farts rather than going to people who really need me uh, yeah. or I'm going to the same patient over and over again who uh, can just call me anytime they're, they're feeling lonely. And, you know, I start to lose my empathy because, you know, it's hard to do when someone, you know, overdoses for the seventh time that day or something like that. And you have to keep yeah. giving them Narcan. Um, and and uh, 
so so whenever you 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 start talking about insurance or the private model and people start saying it's heartless well heartless compared to what heartless compared to what we have now definitely not right so the people who would say that they don't they don't think about what we have now they don't they don't have an understanding of that right because because people don't talk like sometimes you feel it with a certain doctor that you're just a cog in their machine like they're you're just a patient one two eight five but most people don't actually face it regularly and healthcare practitioners don't often speak about it yeah and 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 because we can't because we sign i mean i probably already said too much right I, yeah and we're supposed to sign non-disclosure agreements and we're not supposed to uh whistleblow or be critics or whatever the system and so yeah i mean if if our employers find out that that we're not big fans of what's going on um that there's consequences yeah. and so yeah i mean we, we are all incentivized to want to keep our job and and to not lose employment and uh you know we started out as idealists we got in this to help people and save lives and over time you know the system kind of wears on you and you realize you're a cog in the wheel and 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 um you know you're not giving the patient the kind of care they they that you would like to and you're you're having to conform to all these bureaucratic rules and regulations and yeah, it, it's, it, it, I don't think it leads to good outcomes at all. Now, I, I would love to work in a model where um, the more innovative and customer service oriented I am when it comes to my patients, the, the better the opportunities that arise for me, right? Like if I mm. can find a way or an innovative way to provide an excellent patient uh, experience to, to, you know, expand health, health spans and lifespans, um, you know, I think I think it would be great if that were rewarded, <laughs> but it, yeah. it's just not in the system we have, right? It, it would be, I think, in a free market where insurance companies are, they want you to live a long time. They, they want you to uh, be healthy. They don't want to have to uh, pay more uh, because if they're paying more, that means you're, you're unhealthy. So there, you need an incentive structure where money and payment and self-interest is tied to outcomes and experience and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I think, man, I, I have so many thoughts that I'm trying to like catch yeah. them all. I think it's a, like a, a very important point as well is, is the, the idea of being an advocate and caring about your own health, right? Because right. people can destroy themselves and they, it, it's the typical, they, they have all of the privilege of citizenship and none of the responsibility, right? They yep. can destroy themselves, be, be, you know, eat themselves into an early grave and all of these other things. But then I have to I have to support them. I should value their life more than they seem to value their own life. Right. In many respects. Um, yep. And I, you know, some people view that as cold, but I think it, it's honest. Right. There's so many people who clearly don't take their own health seriously and, and don't care. And maybe part of it is also that they're trained not to care. The state cares about your health. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. We'll deal with it, right? Yeah, um, exactly. They look at themselves like a vehicle, right? Like I can drive it and abuse it. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'll just go to the mechanic. It's free and they'll fix me right back up. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, you know, you know, driving a motorcycle, things that are high risk, if you want to do, then you pay an extra premium the same way you do for car insurance and other things. Um, the other thing as well, despite how some people might think we come across, I do care about people. You're a healthcare provider, right? Like we do want people 
to live healthy lives. We, I, I personally, if I could run a private hospital, I would, and I would take a loss out of my, if I was a billionaire, I would lose money to help some people if they yeah. needed it. And that's my choice. And I think the idea that no one would ever make that choice is absurd, as absurd as forcing other people to make that choice, right? But it's this, it's this idea that no one is good, like people will die. And I think a, a very good contrast to kind of bring it back to what I was talking about, about sicko, is, you know, I thought it was horrendous that someone would die in the waiting room because they couldn't afford it. But people are dying in the waiting room because the wait is so long, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, how is one any better than the other? Both are horrible and, and both are major problems. But we don't talk about the, the flaws in the Canadian system. It's only, you know, it's good. Yeah, and I mean, we always hold up Scandinavian models as the ideal, right? Like, if you look at the top six um, healthcare systems in terms of health outcomes in the world, um, they are all, they all allow private healthcare. No mm. one ever talks about that, right? They, they look at Scandinavian and see, see, universal healthcare works well. Guess it's working despite that. There's private options that unburden the system that allow the marginalized people to use the public system where if you're more well off, you can pull yourself out of that healthcare line and let people get faster access and, and that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, in Canada, I think we're like number 30 something on that list. Uh, so, you, you know, we're barely above the U S. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's, um, we're stuck in this paradigm and, and we're trained to think that socialism, some socialism in some areas is good, but, and it's all, and it's just, it coincides with the areas of socialism that we were born into. Right. It's yeah. never something that, that we came arrived at and said, Oh, we should have this and let's do that. Right. It's always exactly what we were born into and taught from, from grade one onwards that it was fantastic that we love. And that's just a little bit too coincidental for me. For me. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, on the Scandinavian note, one, these are all much smaller populations. It's more like a city, like a large city than, than a full country the size of Canada or the US, right? Yeah. So it's way different to manage that population. And it's, you know, I've mentioned people here, even the discussion, I've mentioned to people even the discussion of a two-tiered system, and then they think, well, then the rich get better health care. Like, that's awful, right? And it's like, okay, maybe the rich get better health care, but so do the poor, right? Like, right. the whole system is better if there's a bigger system. But yeah. but it's like, well, it, it's this egalitarian idea as, well, no one should get any better health care than I can get. We should all get the same, even if it's worse, right? Right, right. And I want to... Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to ask them, if if they thought that um, if they were to know that in 20 years, uh, if the rich could just buy way better health care than than us plebs uh, right now and and we would get the same health care we're getting now, but the rich would get fantastic health care. Would you think that's OK if in 20 years because of that, we got better health care uh, at, at our rate, whereas, you know, or, or yeah. would you prefer us to all be stuck? at this level of healthcare, um, as long as everyone's equal? I think it's even, like, I think that's a good question, but I think there's an even more baseline question than that. If the rich could get better healthcare and we still had the same healthcare, is that a problem? You're saying right. the healthcare is good enough and it's great even, why does it matter if some people get better healthcare then? I mean, they yeah. can anyways, they can get massages every day if they want and all of this other stuff. 
But like, if your if your healthcare is already great or good, why does it matter if some people get better healthcare? And it's just this idea of oh well, they shouldn't, they don't deserve it. Why like? Um, it's this well, mentality. And, and the reality is they're going to buy it anyways. They'll just go to the States or they'll go to India or they'll go to Mexico. Yeah. Um, and, and I buy, think, right. And I think the reality is even worse than that. And like being honest, um, I've never waited six months for an MRI because I have connections into the healthcare industry and, and, right. and, you know, pe the idea that no one actually ever takes care of their own or, 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 or people they know yes. or things like that is a lie. They just do it within the whole awful bureaucratic system. Yeah. Um, because they have to. And so it's it's definitely bad. But, you know, is it my fault for taking advantage of it? I don't know. Like, that's something I have to figure out. But why wouldn't I want the best healthcare I can get? And if I have access through connections to better healthcare, why wouldn't I? And I'm not even someone rich and wealthy. I'm sure other people have much better inroads than I do. But the, the idea that they don't exist is just wrong. And, and yes. the idea that I'm somehow immoral for trying to take care of my health, I think is also flawed. Um, but it's just like it builds a system that is inevitably broken. And it's like the corruption is built into the system, not the people, right? But the people yep. get blamed for trying to do their best within a corrupt system. Yeah, I mean, people are self-interested, right? And so you want their self-interest tied to providing value like real value to others not tied to uh complying with some ideology or or uh cultural norm or bureaucratic standard or something like that you you actually want to provide value to the people you say you serve yeah and and i think you know i think the idea that the state is the compassionate mother right is kind of the fight like healthcare is the the cornerstone of that Right. Um, yep. and, and so if, if you disprove that, a lot of the us, the, the rest kind of crumbles. Um, I don't know. So what are your thoughts on on uh, on next steps? How do we actually start changing or convincing people away from this? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I waffle between cynicism and, and optimism. Right. I like <clears throat> the the optimistic side of me says, you know what, we, we can just convince enough Canadians that uh, healthcare ought to be utilized and we can create a, uh, we can allow a free market in healthcare to flourish beside the public system. And eventually people will see that it's and better and more abundant over there and they'll, the public system will disappear. But the cynic in me says, nah, that's, I don't think that kind of thing has ever happened in human history where we've gotten less government without some huge upheaval and suffering. Uh, so I suspect what's going to happen is the system will eventually collapse and all the, a bunch of marginalized people will be left out in the cold uh, without any health care. Or a third option um, that might happen is that that government regulation can't just can't keep up with innovation, right? And, and well, that, that's, you know, the, yeah. And, and that we find better ways of managing our health care uh, at an individual level outside this dependency we have on the state and even healthcare practitioners, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> they can't they can't keep information from us. The yeah. the the internet has has uh, put a you know has shot that uh, strategy out of the water. So and just like body scanners that can detect things and like. Yeah. Once you can remove the people as much as possible, it's harder to regulate the technology. 
Yeah, like they came out with these things called DEXA scanners, right? Which can measure your body fat, your body composition. So how much is muscle, bone, how much is fat? And you can get like accurate results about how your diet, nutrition and workout plan is working. How is your body changing with the, the stimulus that you're responding to? And it's like 50 bucks or something like that. Well, I mean, okay, they, they clamped down on that just recently. Now you have to have a physician uh, order it for you. Um, so you have to go through a gatekeeper, but you know, they're going to come up with a new scanner that has almost no radiation or no whatever. And, and, um, how are they going to clamp down on the continual stream and increasing frequency of innovation that comes down the spike pike that's going to allow us to get control over our healthcare without any third party getting in the way of that relationship with that service or that knowledge. Right. And, yeah. and so I think eventually, you know, and, this is one thing I realized, like I own my body. I have to take control over my health. No one else cares about it like I do. And so, you know, as I get older, I uh, do a lot of research and a lot of experimentation and find out ways to optimize my health. And, and, you know, I can teach that to others and I will teach that to others. And, and, you know, there's nothing the state can do about that. And people are going to be healthier because of that knowledge they get. And it's not the physicians that are giving them a medication or it's not some medicine or it's not this treatment or that sick care that's going to make people healthier. It's what they do on a daily basis that contributes to their health. Yeah. Uh, it's the positive things they do in the world. Right. And so those are the things that make people healthy. The healthcare system is just there when emergencies or catastrophe strikes. Yeah. Um, and absolutely. And, and, and the most important thing in any insurance model that does protect against catastrophe you need the positive pieces built into it as well, somehow, right? right? Like that, is, you want yes. you want health to be the end goal, not uh, they don't only get engaged when you're suffering, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just so a broken I guess, model. I, I, so I guess my point is that I'm getting healthier despite the state, right? Despite their their um, insistence that I depend entirely upon their system to <laughs> to maintain my health. Um, I'm, I'm getting healthier despite that, not because of it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if me or some other future billionaire or millionaire just want, like, just builds a private hospital in however they can manage that. And, uh, and the, then you literally have to show the people that the state would come and shut it down. Right. If I'm right. trying to provide free private health care or cheap private health care, the state would literally come and force me to not provide that service. And that is what would really wake people up when they see the state actually protecting their monopoly. It's hard in some of these scenarios to do it, but you can actually present that case uh, if, if, you, if there's the money and the desire to it. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, that kind of stuff happens already. Right. And and I mean, what happens is um, they shut you down and they they do a, a news release about how dangerous your thing was. And they'll pick one cherry pick a couple of examples of where things didn't go optimally. Someone once say, died yeah. in this private <laughs> yeah, hospital. Look how exactly. horrible this right. healthcare is. Yeah. So so I mean, you'll you'll get shut down and and people will applaud unfortunately so <laughs> I, i'm still a little more optimistic uh I think, well good but... yeah hopefully that rubs off on me yeah all right well this was very good got got a lot of uh got my brain working so i appreciate it and i Excellent. i do think my 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 life 
insurance system is is a good option? Well, I, I find it interesting because I remember we did a podcast not too long ago where I talked about an insurance system where um, people are incentivized to be good parents and like uh, do all this thing. And you had all these privacy concerns. Um, yeah. What, what about privacy concerns, David? But people have life insurance anyways, right? And it would be there. Yeah. They'd only have to provide the information they choose to provide. You were ah, talking more. There we go. But you were talking more about like if there's surveillance kind of generally so you know who can interact with who. Um, no, I was right? talking about the same thing you're talking about. So insurance companies, uh, you, you can get lower rates if you allow people to take your blood and, and you know, see that you could get even lower rates if you agreed to wear uh, maybe a camera 24 seven that showed that you weren't bungee jumping and skydiving and like, you know, yeah. th those are the kinds of things, but it, you, you find the balance, but that you, that is comfortable for you between uh, a third party looking in on you and uh, your privacy, right? If you, if you don't, yeah. if you want to have complete privacy well, you're just going to have to pay a, a higher fee. If you don't want your health well, insurance company to know anything about you, they're going to charge you a higher fee. But if, if you're willing to give them some information and allow them to uh, a glimpse into your personal life and what you do uh, for healthcare, care, uh, then, you know, you can pay a lower rate. So it's, we'll, we'll, have to to, we'll have to dive into this deeper on another episode because there's this idea as well that I've heard is even with respect to tech that, oh, privacy is going to be a privilege of the rich. Right. Because, mm. you know, poor people use Google and Facebook. Rich people can use Apple. Right. And Apple's all paid services, but their privacy is protected. So then there's this duopoly. Not, oh, that's not the right word, but that, that's another topic. A two, to a two tier to. computer system. Yeah. I yeah. don't want a two tier healthcare system in Canada. I want a 28 million tier healthcare system in Canada. Right. And I think with the tech, like we're still brand new into all of this. So that's why there's a couple major players. Um, but, anyways, healthcare anyways, yes. uh, should be universal healthcare is bad. And libertarianism is good, is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and folks, eat right and get to the gym. It's gains o'clock. <laughs>